0: And a good afternoon and welcome to today's co a Capital One listening and learning webinar. We are pleased to offer a discussion on channeling your inner rock star, be a leader in the forefront of college athletics communications right now. We appreciate you joining us today. Before we begin, we'd like to say a quick thank you to our corporate partner, Capital One, the presenting sponsor of our continuing education series. As a reminder, the webinar will be posted later today on COSIDA.com and in COSIDA Connect, our membership online community. We will also have a podcast as you'll be able to download it from the uh, services listed on COSIDA.com and we will place this webinar also on our COSIDA YouTube channel. Please ask your questions. we wanna hear from you and what's on your mind, please use the chat box, which you'll find on the right-hand side of the portal. Uh, We'll save some time during the webinar and at the end to address them. Please send them to us now and we'll get to them later. Uh, with us today, we've got an all-star cast, uh, starting off with Meredith Jenkins. She is the Deputy Director of Athletics at Fresno State. Scotty Rogers is the Associate Commissioner of Strategic Communications at the Sun Belt Conference. And Chris Gonzalez is the Interim Director of Athletics Communications at Florida Southern. Well, we've uh, gotten through two months of quarantine, and now it's time to talk about how to be a rock star and how to really you know show the department your fans your alumni your university what you've done and we'll get it started by starting it off with an administrator with Meredith Jenkins Meredith it's like i said we're we're past day 60 here you know as a senior administrator what are some of the things that you're looking for from your sports information department to really show off what your university is all about but also show the talent that they're bringing
1: Yeah thanks Nick and uh, thanks for having me today on the panel and Shout out to Kirk Sampson who just texted me before we even got started, so good to hear that he's on on and watching. Um, I think from a department wide, I mean, a lot of the kind of communication things that normally people in the sports information office or the external do support in and and continue to do those things. How are they helping support the brand? How are they getting the message out to your, your donors and your fans about what your athletic department is about? Um, how are they supporting recruiting? I mean, I know, I'm sure that all the communications professionals out there, that their coaches are probably hounding them daily for different things to put out on social media and stuff to support their recruiting efforts. So how are they doing that? And then kind of some of the bigger picture things too, like are they involved in the discussions with their athletic directors and providing talking points? Are they helping craft message to the student athletes? Um, about you know what's going on back on campus, or how to you know stay involved, or th- things like that, or just even bell wishes. Um, are they helping determine how, when to be meeting with donors, and how often they should be talking to them? Are they um, involved in those kind of um, communications with people out in the community? Like what are they doing to kind of support the whole overall mission? And then those things as as we start transitioning back. Are they involved in helping on the decisions on what that communication is going to be. If you're hosting sports, um, what are you doing to get your messaging ready to make sure that fans can feel safe coming back to our venues, things of that nature.
0: And Meredith, we'll talk a little bit about this later on, but you did start your career in the athletics communication side. So you, you have a bit more of an understanding than, you know, an administrator who maybe, you know, started in compliance or in the business side. So, You know i guess from your perspective and seeing what's been going on with it with that you know fresno state and across you know some of the other schools what are some of the things that maybe you're seeing that's you know maybe made you smile you know a lot of schools are doing you know whether it's like march madness or you know they're putting out a lot of those human interest stories but what in your mind is at the end of the day saying okay we're in a good place
1: yeah i think there's been some real creativity that has has spurned from all of this and i love to see that i mean I'm on social media, especially Twitter, and I'm a little bit on, more on Instagram, and I, I love the things that people have put out about the March Madness, like you mentioned, and and putting their top players against players. We did that at Fresno State, and we had an incredible following. We also got a little bit lucky because we got an NBA player involved, and he got all his fan base, but seeing those kind of things, and that, that excites people. The virtual tailgates, we've done some of that at Fresno State, and I, I've seen that across the nation, too, and having the kind of the game day things and, and really trying to keep your fan base energized. I think that's really important because I, I do think that the good thing through all of this, if you've seen the numbers from the Michael Jordan shows and everything, is that people are, are interested in seeing sports still. I mean, there's been a little bit of concern that that's going to drop off, but um, I don't think that's the case. And I, so any of those things that have kept those fan bases engaged have been, have been great.
0: Scotty, it must have been surreal being in March, not having you know Mardi Gras down in New Orleans, or being able to go to an NCAA tournament. But from a conference level, talk to us a little bit about you know what, what what you guys are doing, what some of your other colleagues are doing. Obviously, you know, like Meredith said, a lot of the schools individually are doing a lot. But you know, what have the conference levels done to you know push out that content as well? You know, in,
2: in our in our role, we still have to maintain that role of being uh. uh decide that really complements what's going on at the school level and help amplify what they're putting out there. I think that's still very, very important because during this time, our students are putting out a lot of great content, and we don't need to replicate that at the conference. We need to aggregate it in some cases. the thing we do every week and put out every Friday is what they're saying, which is basically a media compilation of articles, uh, whether our school written articles, or features or things that we find that are out there. You know, you mentioned the last dance. you know, we had a couple of our schools, our coach at, uh, at Little Rock, Coach Darrell Walker at Little Rock, he played on the Bulls and he's been interviewed. He was in an SI piece. Um, the Georgia State wrote a piece uh, about, they played the Jordan's um, North Carolina team during that season. That was before the time they were in the Sun Belt. But just including those things and those types of pieces, I think are important. And again, not to really, replicate what the schools are doing but let them know we're putting out things that are that that can that can uh, complement them and also trying to celebrate some of our championships that didn't happen you know doing some championship rewinds um, doing some uh, you know the day that the tennis championship was supposed to happen doing a flashback with just whether it's a whether it's a quick highlight from the previous year or it's a photo display of just uh, some tennis action from the championship of, of past so that we can at least you know remember that you know on this Saturday or on this Sunday, this championship was supposed to happen. And we do remember that and we, we're putting those things out. And just some other little nuggets. We've done some did you knows, um, with our, you know looking back at the years and getting to know you, some Q&As with student-athletes across the conference. Many of them were seniors. We didn't make it senior specific, but we did it in a way to get to know and and a lot of those get get to know you's have been more about featuring some of our student athletes that maybe doesn't get to shine on them as much we've tried to make sure to get student athletes across all of our sports not just the major sports
0: how much interaction would you say you've had within your you know conference members and even associate members on you know staying relevant you know trying to get as much media attention out you know talking to them about the importance like you know of getting an athletic director to talk to, you know, whether it's local media or getting them on conference calls, you know, I know you've done that with within the Sun Belt, but you know, within within your conference schools, have you have you guys had many uh, conversations about that? We've had a couple,
2: you know, I think there was a lot of
0: conversations when it first happened, you know, right around right after those
2: those initial um, decisions were made, and you know, everybody was trying to sell in and figure it out. And I think what has happened a little bit over the past probably month or so. Those conversations in, in, in a group setting has kind of died down. They've been more individual, one-on-one. You know, I've tried to reach out to folks at our schools in no, um, with no real plan, but just pick up the phone and say, you know what, I haven't talked to this person at School X in, in a couple of weeks, and just call him or her and say, how are you doing? How are things going? Because I know they're all getting to the point in their respective places that tough decisions are being made, um, about from from a staffing standpoint um, and what you know what is being looked at going forward so you know you don't really know sometimes until you pick up the phone and actually talk to somebody and I've just had some great conversations some great text exchanges with them and you know they appreciate hearing where we're coming from, from our end. and it helps me to know what's going on in the membership because then we can maybe uh, pivot on some things or change some things or make sure that we need to communicate to everybody about something because they may be asking a question that, or thinking about something that we haven't really communicated across the conference.
0: Now, Chris, you're in a, in, in a different situation um, as you're the interim director um, at Florida Southern, you're, uh, I guess, Ryan, who was with us um, prior, um, took another position and, and it kind of put you in, in an interesting situation where, you know, it happened right as, you know, um, the virus hit, you're a man down, but you guys in, in your department found a way to not only just do and help in athletics communications, but in the university. So talk a little bit about how you guys have helped the university.
3: But you're right, Nick, and, and that is a lot of kind of our philosophy in our department is that we are in athletic communications, we're part of the athletic department and we're part of the campus at large also. So. Internally, yes, we need to make sure we're doing what we need to do. We need to make sure that we are producing content that is reflective of the athletic department, that we're promoting our student athletes, that we're promoting our programs. But at the same time, how can we be useful on campus at this point with some of the other departments? So as we are looking to Uh, with our graduation, we're doing a virtual graduation, as I imagine most people are. Well, okay, who on our campus has more experience with streaming events, with putting together uh, videos, uh, highlight packages? That's what we do on a daily basis. So one of the pieces we made sure that we did were, how can we, the, the three of us in athletic communications, how can we help other people? so two of us two of the three of us are involved in the graduation uh ceremony and committee um, because we have that experience so let's use it um you know as we're producing uh videos for other departments as well as vice presidents are 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 needing to communicate with people as admissions needs help um where at one point they may have used outside consultants well now they know they can use us so as we can then use our expertise to help promote other departments on campus Uh, one of the first pieces that we did um, we at florida southern have a, a pretty strong nursing program so one of the first pieces we did was a social media campaign highlighting our student athletes who are now former student athletes who are now working full time across the country. So as we do that, we're promoting not just our athletics department, but we're promoting the School of Nursing. We're we're helping alumni relations with what they're doing because we're connecting with these alums. So again, how can we use what we do to help in other areas on campus?
0: I think that's a great point because, you know, like you said, who better to ask than the athletics communication office for video, but I think that, that there could be, you know, whether it could be graphics as well, or, you know, putting together, you know, a speech, you know, at, around this time, a lot of us are, are doing banquets. So someone's writing, you know, the speeches for a banquet, um, and we can. this could be for, for all three is, but what have you seen differently you know whether it's with your own job or other people's jobs that maybe have changed a little bit that has shown that you know folks in the athletics communications offices are not just you know stat driven or game stories related um you know chris you work with a lot of um grad students and you know up and coming uh sids have you seen a, a change in, in what they about what they put out
3: yeah, I have, and 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 that's a lot of it. Again, it's how to be a consultant. It's a different way of looking at what we do. Um, certainly, the the stats are important. Certainly, the press releases are important, and that's great. That's a part of our job. It should, at a certain point, not be the sole focus. Um, instead, now, and you're seeing it, it's about the creativity. It's about coming up with different ways to showcase and how do we separate our institution from other institutions on social media? So it's taking advantage of Wallpaper Wednesday tomorrow that that a lot of schools are doing. Okay, great. These are fun, creative ways to engage our, our audience, whether that be current students, former students, parents, fans, whomever it might be. How can we continue to promote the institution in a creative way that's going to engage people. And and that really is where we, as as an industry, I think have pivoted over the course of the last two months, where you don't have recaps. You you don't have, uh, you know, kind of the the regular. One other piece that we focused on here at Florida Southern was we focused on hometown releases and, and getting stories in hometown newspapers these are pieces as, as meredith mentioned earlier how can we help our coaches recruit well okay let me try to get what we recruit heavily in this area what student athletes do we have in that area how can we place some feature stories so that this way there's we can build our brand in that market and hopefully a, a prospective student or a prospective student athlete's parents um, or friends might see it and say, hey, this Florida Southern College might be worth looking into. So these are the different ways that we can help promote the institution in a creative way. Um, and, and that's the, these are some of the pieces that we've tried to do here at Florida Southern.
2: I'll add to that, Nick, and say that I've seen a lot of our schools uh, do some good old school journalism getting back to writing features and finding time to really do the things that they want to be able to do, whether it's about current student athletes or former student athletes. And that's why we include some of the pieces that they do in our kind of media coverage summary this each week, because maybe some of those things are not getting written in the traditional media spaces, whether it's the newspaper or a story done by a TV station or some other blog or internet site. So. It's great for us to see some of that. And I've seen some people do some great pieces that are written. I've seen some of our schools really use like Adobe Spark to start telling some stories through that way. And that's been good. And I think from the conference end, at least from my standpoint, one of the things I have enjoyed is that I've been able to get to some old school media relations and really deal with as the, as the conversation is out there on a national basis. We have a commissioner who is just, just passed his first year here He's the first African American to be the FCF commissioner of our FBS conference. Um, he's been known in college athletics with the places that he's been. We've had some opportunities with the College Football National Championship being here in New Orleans and him connecting with some media throughout the course of the year. And some of those residuals has allowed us to, when some of these major media outlets are writing stories, they're reaching out to us. And we're able, I'm able to help connect them to him. So that they can do stories you know going back probably a month ago or so we did a we did an old school teleconference it wasn't anything exciting or thrilling but we had our commissioner on the call we just sent it out to people he talked for nearly 50 minutes and i've actually used that teleconference with some of the requests that people have asked for information with maybe some quotes and things that they want i sent them the link even a month later and say hey go back and listen to this because there's some good nuggets in here that you can use for your piece because they're still relevant even though it might be one month old because in a lot of ways some of the same some of the answers now are the same as they were a month ago
1: I think too I, I think that a thing that a lot of schools are focusing on and I, I know we have a Fresno State is really focusing on kind of what what your brand is and telling a story so Fresno State we've we focused on the Pride of the Valley brand um, because we are part of the San Joaquin Valley, which is very important to a lot of our people. And so a lot of our um, videos and things that we put on social media are about having people feel that connection back to the university, having them remember why and having that emotional connection back to the Fresno State and why it's important for them to continue to be a part of our program and why we want them back and why we miss them and things like that. And so. Um, kind of working to make sure that you appreciate kind of what you're trying to, the story that you want to tell for your university and work through that piece um, is, is super important and making sure you're in, in working in conjunction with your your marketing folks and all your external folks and um, having kind of a concerted effort I think is very important.
0: We got a quick question that come in from Danny Campbell for Chris. How did you guys avoid any HIPAA issues when you were working with the nursing alums?
3: Quite simply, everything was submitted by um, former student athletes and coaches, and all we did was simply post a photo that was submitted by the, the uh, alum and said, hey, we Florida Southern want to celebrate our alums uh, and thank them for their service. So-and-so is now working as an ER nurse in the you know, at, at Tampa General Hospital. That's all we've listed simple, basic photo was supplied by the former student-athletes. Um, in one case was actually funny. Um, I had the husband of a former student-athlete email me directly and say, hey, I don't want her to know that I did this, but hey, can you highlight her? Here's a, here's her photo. Um, so I thought that was really neat um, that we got the buy-in from the alums um, just with that very simple, hey, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing for us. And we got a lot of traction out of that. Um, We got a lot of traction out of that.
0: Scott, I know you and I, we kind of talked about this the other day, but you know, and and you did mention it uh, a a little while ago, but going back to the old school media relations, how important has that been, not just for you, but for, you know, across the board to kind of, during this time to kind of put on your, your old school had every once in a while to really push out that type of content where you're like, like Chris, like you said, you know, reaching out to some alums and, you know, finding different stories to tell that are more human interest that we may not have been able to tell if we were actually in baseball, softball, in the spring sports seasons.
2: You know, bottom line is our, our friends in the sports media, they're looking for content right now as well. So they, they, they want to, tell some great stories. Now, granted, some things they want to be topical about, and they want to talk about return to play protocols and what you're thinking about and what a conference is thinking about, and what are some of the plans if, you know, different things come up and, you know, but at a certain point, a lot of those things are just, there's no answer. And, and after a while it's just saying, we don't know, we don't know, we're planning, we're discussing becomes a little repetitive. So you want to then offer up to them, Hey, here's something that you might want to do, you know, do something on. You know, we were very lucky in the Sun Belt that uh, this past year with the NFL draft. We tied a record high with a number of seven draftees um, in the NFL draft. So those three days and then the couple of days after that, that was not anything that we did. We were able to, I felt like we were able to capitalize that and pushing the content out about that when we wrapped up the whole thing and then just the residuals of that some of the, some of the stuff we're just lucky to get because of the things that happened. you know that was probably one of the biggest sports things that have happened since we've um, gone been in this situation so it was just fortunate that it played out great for the Sun and we were able to uh, get a lot of coverage you know for, for for the teams that were involved in those draftings, and even though the, the, you know we had a, a, a pretty large number of uh, unsigned draftee of people that signed uh, free agent deals as well. So when you start putting that together, that was a four or five day period that was good for some adult football. But even taking a step back from that, um, just those great stories. I know uh, South Alabama did a great story on one of their student athletes who's a frontline worker. You know, we made sure when I did the what they're saying, I made sure that that was the picture of that because, you know, she's standing there. The story was already on South Alabama's website, for example. But I made sure that that was the story on our site in, our, in that media compilation for that week in the top story because I thought that was just, that was a different picture than just seeing all the action shots or the graphics that we normally would put on our website at, at a regular time of year.
0: Meredith, talk a little bit about, you, you mentioned it before as well, about you know being part of the Valley and working within your community. How much more community relations or community outreach have you seen from your university you know, than maybe you wouldn't have seen if we were, you know, back in old times, I guess, you know, how, how important has it been for your, your university to step up?
1: Well, it's changed as it has for everyone. I mean, everything's having to be done virtually. So like hosting that virtual tailgate was something that we did. I mean, normally we are boots on the ground here. Like we, Fresno is all about face-to-face interactions. And so that has really changed things even from our, our donor perspective. I mean, our people in our development area, I've been making, you know, daily phone calls, and checking in on people, and and dropping off food, but keeping their social distance, and things like that, but it, it's been tough, because it, you're going from a face-to-face community, where you, you know, you have those lunches, and you have, you go speak to different groups, and stuff, and you can't do that anymore, and so we've been trying the best we can to use social media, and, and get people involved in that way, and with the appreciation that, you know, we have a a lot of people who maybe aren't as engaged in social media, maybe they're more involved in, you know, reading the newspaper. So using, like Scotty said, the old school kind of media relations and doing some of that to keep them engaged. It's been a kind of multifaceted approach approach for us.
0: Obviously, everyone's, you know, this, this panel is about being and channeling your inner rock star. But with that, there does come some pressures that we haven't felt in the past. Um, Mary, let's let's stay with you for a little bit. As an as an administrator, um, how have you either worked with your SID staff or through your athletic director to make sure that everyone doesn't feel as much pressure?
1: Yeah, that's that's an incredibly tough question, Nick, because it is, and I think the fact that there's so much uncertainty leads to that. So, I mean, every day you hear something new and you know, there's talk, are we playing, are we not playing, and that leads people to be very anxious about their own positions, so um, early on, we did a lot of department communication. We were doing a daily email. We've had a department-wide Zoom meeting. Um, we've had every other week coaches meetings. Um, our our sports supervisors are, are talking daily to the, the people, their coaches, and then their department heads, just making sure that we have a really Good foundation of communication in that everybody is, has a responsibility to that, and then the senior leadership team meeting um, a couple times a week. For a while, we were meeting every day to discuss those things and making sure that everybody was staying engaged. But it, it's tough because you want to have a um, you want to be communicate optimism, but there's so much changing every day. It's it's hard. Messaging is constantly changing. So um, we've been developing, you know, speaking points for our athletic director and, and how to kind of work through some of those issues. But it's funny, you see one thing one day and it changes the next. Everybody's putting, is having to handle those kind of situations.
0: Chris, so. Scotty, how are you guys feeling about the, you know, the pressures? Obviously, you want, Scotty, you're in a conference office. Chris, you, you're on campus. You know, for me, I think it's
2: the, it's the, the balance of too much versus not enough and you know i think some people are you know when you're when you're trying to figure out a way that you can best keep your keep messages flowing but frankly not using up everything because as we sit here now we're in early may you know we, we're we still we still got the rest of this month all of june all of july which is the normal summer and early august which that's another normal ser- uh, situation you know there are projections that whatever may happen in the fall may go into, into a later start. So now you're sitting here, you know, virtually almost three more months of no sports of some form of fashion. So I think you got to really start thinking about that a little bit more and being a little bit more um, deliberate with your messages. And I don't want to say slow it down because that may sound like you're trying to not do as much work, but just being strategic about spreading it out in the right way. And don't pack everything all on one day, you know, spread it out in such a way that it's a constant, even flow of good information. It's a good mixture from the conference end, again, to complement what the schools are doing and, and make sure that, that it all weaves in as best as it can together. And it's not just, you know, you get to, you know, we get to June and we look around and we're like, I don't really know what we're going to talk about. So we got to, I think that's. Kind of the phase that I'm thinking about in my mind, at least from
3: the conference. Well, and that's a great point. I, I think that the quality versus quantity is certainly a, a major part of what we're doing. At a certain point, you don't want to just start throwing 30 graphics up a day, just you know, on social media, just for sake of saying, "Hey, look, I'm doing something." Um, at a certain point, if we're throwing 30 graphics up a day, are we watering down our message? um so how does that impact what we're doing at a certain point scotty's right we have to spread this out um as we're all trying to stay relevant we're all trying to post and we're all trying to to do what we can and a lot of the pieces that we would normally do during the summer i'm noticing a lot of schools have already done so okay that creates the issue what is it we're now going to do during the summer so Again, this is where it gets back to that old school. Interviews, hometown papers, um, even promoting coaches. Um, find out, you know, work on your coaches. Where are they from? If you've had coaches that have been successful, reach out to your coaches' uh, original hometowns. You'll be surprised what you can get there. Um, you know, a lot of schools are are doing video highlights, hey, on this day in you know five years ago six years ago so whatever we can do to stay relevant we have to do um the the difficult part there is you know quantity versus quality and that's where we need to make sure that our upper administration uh and we are on the same page just so that we know what the expectation is um so that we're fulfilling that expectation
0: yeah i think it's the pressures you know i think when we when this all started everyone said okay it'll be two weeks okay it'll be three weeks now we're into six weeks and like you said chris i think you're starting to see you know a lot of different schools either you know looking at what other schools are doing and trying to you know tailor it to their university or you know esports is something that's that started to to kind of take over a little bit some of the conferences and schools are doing their own esport leagues um how much and you know Chris and Meredith and Scotty obviously from a conference office but how how much have you seen people having to go outside the box a little bit more than the the traditional like obviously you know esports is is an up-and-coming you know um club or varsity at, at some schools but you know, the ability to use an NBA 2K or, you know, a Mario Kart, you know, to have some entertainment and add some entertainment value. How important do you think that's become as well to telling the stories of the student athletes?
3: It's vital um, because, again, as, you, as we need creative ways, how do we separate ourselves from other schools, whether it be schools in our conference, schools in our area, schools in our region? And you know, you talk about doing some of these uh, Mario Karts and, hey, NBA 2K is shown on ESPN. They're running out of things. So it's not just us. It's as we have become our own media sources, you you need to look at some of these creative ways. And whether it be um, Connect Four tournaments, um, you know, we've done that a couple of times where Uh, On Twitter, we played connect four back and forth with a couple other schools. Um, It's a little hokey, it's a little goofy, but it's fun and it's engaging. And you'd be surprised the positive feedback that we got from it. Um, Again, it's different, it's interactive. um, And of course, it's competitive. And as we are competitors, as our alums are competitors, we just feed right into that.
2: You know, one thing I've, I've done in this is that, you know, as we said in some of our conversations planning for this panel, you know, in our world, there's not a lot of proprietary information or ideas. So, You know, we've seen at times, you know, you know, a friend or colleague doing something at another conference and you reach out to them and say, Hey, you know, how did you do that? Or why did you do that? You know, can you share something with me? and you know, for for somebody like myself, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work at three different conference offices and I've been at conference offices um, for for the better part of my career. So I I got a lot of friends and and colleagues that I can reach out to. And the one thing that I've I've found that is, it's this way all the time, but it's been even more so during this time that you reach out to somebody and you say, hey, you've done this, can you share a little bit of what you did? You know, people sharing files, sharing their ideas and saying to you look take it take your take our logo off of it put your logo on it and use it um you know i'm happy to to share that idea you know I, I you know situations where you know hey can you read something for me can you you know something like that or you know those types of things i think beyond just trying to come up with the unique ways to come up with content just trying to help each other out you know when you're stuck on something or you um, see what somebody else has done, and you don't know exactly how to execute it or how they executed it. And 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 it's been nice to be able to have those conversations, whether it's at the school level or at the conference level, um, and say, hey, you know what? If you if you don't mind sharing that, and I think that's been great. I think too that one
1: of the things that we started off it didn't come from straight just trying to build more content. It came from the fact that we really were interested in keeping our student athletes engaged. I mean, our our student athletes are, are scattered, you know, all over the country, mainly in the West, but and trying to figure out a way to keep them still engaged with their coaches and their programs. So some of this came from the coaches trying to find activities for them. I mean, we had a football team, I think it was a Madden game and they played it out over, over Twitter and, um, Ended up playing with some other people within our league and things like that. So going back to what your goals are, like you might have goals of building content and everything else, but you might be able to kill two birds with one stone, right? You might be able to do something to help our your student athletes to be connected to their their teammates and to their coaches and everything else, and you just doing it over social media, which is how how they all live, right? I mean, they have phones constantly putting things out.
0: And remember to send in your questions if you have uh, for three panelists. Uh, this is a good time to springboard to our second part of our uh, webinar today and talk a little bit about you know, how to position yourself as a communications professional to move on and, and move up to an upper administration role. And you know, Meredith, thank you. You're a great way to start this one off. And you were an SID and then you went up to become an SWA and now you're a deputy director of athletics. Um, what was it that, you know, that got you to that point? You know, how did you didn't just wake up and say, you know what, today I'm going to be a deputy athletic director. How did you, how did you get there?
1: Yeah, like like everybody, I, I worked my way up. I did I started off at, you know, in grad school working in the SID department. And then I got my first job at, you know, Auburn and was a women's basketball SID and was the football SID there and oversaw the department for a number of years before I had that opportunity. While I, was, as, while I was in SID, I had some great um, work experience in that. I was able to serve on several coaching committees, some hires, um, some head coaches, and, and I would say even if you can serve on a, a committee to hire an assistant coach, that's that's super valuable. Um, I was able to be involved in our multimedia rights um, when we were negotiating that contract, which was super helpful. and Then we we seem to be in constant crisis communications, and so I got a ton of experience working with that and working with upper-level people on campus with it, as well as obviously very close with the athletic director, and I think um, those things, as well as being so close and working with my sports, really helped me in the transition, and I, I tell people this all the time, having a media relations background is is really um very beneficial to moving into upper level administration because you understand sports and for some of us i mean I, I was rooming with coaches when i started my career so i really felt like i had an appreciation for some of the the demands that they went through no maybe i hadn't been a coach and things like that but i was maybe the next best thing you know i was their sounding board i mean i was had that kind of those kind of relationships with them so when i made the transition as to a sports supervisor i think i already had an appreciation for some of the challenges they faced and had, you know, I already had been advocating for them as a media relations professional, so advocating for them as a sport administrator came natural. So I think there's a lot of skills that you already have that really translate well into moving to the next level. I think the key is is just getting that experience that that helps you um, elevate to that next position and, and asking tons of questions, knowing what a squad list is, knowing some of the compliance things, understanding, you know, APR and all those things. And, you know the you know the new legislation on the NIL and things like that being being super knowledgeable and then getting that experience and it, the transition i think makes a lot of sense for people coming out of communications and external areas
0: it we to be talked about a little bit you know with revenue and and you know understanding you know the the different markets of media what are some of the things that maybe got you from you know where you were um, and then to propel yourself with, within your career?
2: You know, I, it's, I've been fortunate. I've, I've had some stops that have been very unique by themselves, you know, from going from my time. Actually, when I first met Mary um, and when, I, when she was at Auburn and I was at the SEC office, I came in as an intern. And nine months into my internship, I was doing women's basketball full time and then moved on to do men's for for, enough, for a few years before I moved on to the NCA. But moving on from the NCA office and working on the women's basketball championship staff there, and then going to what it was CSTV, what is basically now CBS Sports Digital, uh, on the online side, that was the first time, A, I'm, I'm a small town person from a little small town in Alabama. Now I'm going to take a job in New York City to go sell and do websites. That's why this panel is so, interesting because one of the first people I reach out to who I probably met at that point 13 years earlier is Chris Gonzalez because why he was working at the rival company uh, and he was doing it well he's always been a business-minded guy who knew that business I knew absolutely nothing about how to sell websites but I had I was a person that could connect people I was a person that knew how to talk to people so I had to learn the business side of that and I learned a lot in that that experience. It didn't go as long as I wanted to be, but um, but from that experience, I went to the Ivy League. And when I got there, overseeing the communications department, a number of opportunities came up while I was there. One of the biggest things was we needed to redesign our website. I knew it at Mint. I knew because I'd been leading schools um, at the at the Power Five level, leading them through their website redesigns and adding things to their platforms like streaming because that's what we were doing back in the you know mid2000s 2005 six, seven, 8 somewhere around in there so doing that and then learning from that experience I had at the, at the uh, CSTV taking that to when we got there and then thinking about okay well, now we got a website now we have a website that has the ability to do different things you know we what is that the digital advertising what were we were gonna do there we didn't have an online store I Make, making the connection there um we decided as a conference that we were going to get into the whole streaming thing as a conference wide initiative and being and being a, on the front end of that you know that's one of you know i've had some great opportunities that's one of my i feel like one of my accomplishments was able to be involved with the launch of the ivy league digital network which is now the ivy league on espn you know they've signed they signed a deal with jmi sports and, you know i was there i was the person that managed the RFP process you know as a part of that and I wasn't the most knowledgeable person I was I didn't know all these things I had to I had to learn it on, on on the fly but I think over time during that experience and now into the experience now while I might not do some of those things as much in this role in this job I understand how they interact with with the other aspects of what, what's going on in our office as it relates to those things and I can hopefully add something to the conversation, ask a question, you know, um, provide a little perspective. Um, and I think that's important because we in communications, whether we're in it in a full-time or a part-time role, or we're doing hybrid that has a marketing piece or, ex, or other external piece, we got to be able to especially know the, the, the entirety of the external side of the house. Because whether we whether we think we're generating revenue through the things we're doing we have the opportunity the things we do help generate revenue so whether it's the the impressions we were getting on our on our social platforms those we can help the we can help our people whether that's at the school level or the conference level turn those into dollars and I think we got to start looking at ourselves as content builders who can help generate revenue and and work as collaborative as we can with the folks that at that side of the house, and hopefully who report up to people like Meredith, because that that's what they do. And when they see that you are somebody that's interested and knowledgeable, and the one thing that I found is that people are willing to give it to you. You know, my you know I didn't know a lot about contracts and things like that, but when I was at Ivy League, I wanted to get involved with TV and understand our deals. And I'm I'm looking, I'm writing language and looking at legal language and. I, I still don't understand some of it, but I was able to get a much more knowledge now than I did then, and I, you know, and it puts me in a, it puts me in a different place to be able to be a part of conversations when I'm a part of those, you know, that's about the bigger picture, and I think that's important if you're gonna be a key person, if you're gonna be that rock star in your athletic department or in your conference office, you got to be able to know. Meredith kind of said it. I, I, I sat on the NLI. Discussion with, with uh, NIL discussion um, with, with NACTA for a few minutes before I got on this. I mean, some of the stuff they were saying was kind of blowing my mind, but I was like, man, I needed to listen to this, and I, you know, I probably go back and watch it again and, so I can be a little bit more intent with what they
0: were saying. Chris, talk a little bit about obviously, you know, you, like Scotty said, you were, you know, not in college athletics from a campus site to, to begin, but how you transitioned into it.
3: Well, I, oddly enough, I've been in and out of college athletics uh, three different times. This is my third time back in. Um, I started out my career uh, in sports information, uh, got out and went to what I would like to term the dark side of the world, uh, sales. Um, originally back in the day, and I was able to leverage my college athletics background and was basically selling technology into the sports field. And for those of us who are old enough to remember what a fax machine is, um, that was still the hot commodity back at the time. Um, so it did sales, went from there to selling uh, athletic department websites, um, was able to, again, use my connections, move back to New York where I'm originally from, got back into the business, moved to Florida, got out of the business, uh, but still in the sports world and using connections. Uh, Here in Florida, I started out uh, with the Central Florida Sports Commission, where it was more the business side of it, and it was the revenue-generating side. It was bringing youth sports events into our venues in Florida. And again, so now you're talking about generating revenue. You're talking about understanding how these pieces run and why camps are so important to coaches and where the revenue comes from and and how negotiating contracts with hotels are so important because that's a source of revenue um, that a lot of people don't realize so and then from there i i uh got back into the business here at florida southern in august um there there are a couple different pieces that that i think are important in terms of wanting to kind of climb that ladder and, and going from where I am now just, you know, I am the interim director of athletic communications. Well, how do you climb that ladder? How do you get to some of these other positions? And it's been said, you have to get involved on campus. You have to learn some of these other pieces. And I kind of referred to it earlier where sports information has to be more than making sure that box score is balanced and that the game recap is posted and that, you know, hey, we've got right twitter graphics up that's important it's a part of what we do it can't be all that we do Um, part of the problem is certainly at a lot of smaller schools and i have a a division three background um, where you are one person handling 16 18 20 sports well unfortunately that's all you're ever going to do at that level because you just don't have the time Um, so You know, as we all know, so many of us have bounced around from from school to school and conference to conference because sometimes you just have to. Um, But it's about getting involved on campus. So as I mentioned at the beginning, we in the three of us in our office currently, two of us are involved in the graduation committee and making sure that that goes off. Okay, that's important. We're working with the highest levels of administration to make sure that that happens. Um, The president has put out several videos where she wants to communicate with whether it be the board, whether it be uh, certain alums, whether it be certain donors, who on campus knows more about that, us. So our office has been involved in that. Um, Even still, we're putting together at Florida Southern a reemergence plan right now. Okay, we're expecting to play sports on campus in the fall. What's our plan? So our associate athletic director is the one who's running that. But he and I have had several discussions and I'm contributing to that report. I'm even in the process, we have to put together our own report for athletic communications because what's that going to look like from our standpoint? How do we socially distance? How are we cleaning facilities? How are we still able to maintain the high level that we've set for ourselves with less staff, with less people? Um, So just even being a part of the bigger picture, these things that are more important than just, hey, great, the box score balances, I can go home. Great. Honestly, other than the coach, who cares? And I know that sounds terrible, but there has to be more to it. Um, you know, one other piece just to kind of mention um, is it, that Scotty talked about quite a bit is networking. Um, oddly enough, with this th- this piece that, that I'm just describing, that reemerges plan for college athletics, on one of the Facebook groups, of you know, there are these conversations are being had. And I shared my plan earlier today with what we've come up with so far at Florida Southern, and I've asked people for their input. Um, we're looking at potentially doing a Zoom call at some point next week because I want to get their feedback. I want to know what other schools are doing. I, how can I help other people? It's the networking. Well, okay, young people, how do we, in this business? How do we create a network? pieces I tell my students, my GAs, my interns, anyone at that level, hey, get to know the other students, GAs, interns at the other conference schools. Work with them, connect with them. You can share experiences. Um, You have that in common. Because over the course of the next 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to be working with these same people. And you never know 15 years from now, 10 years from now, when you're looking for a job, someone else is looking for a job, you can recommend someone, you never know what's going to happen. And having a 15 year, 20 year relationship with people, this is the way that the world works. This is how we know people because you have the shared experience at a certain time to reach out to some of the more senior members of your staff. They've been through it all. You know, as Meredith mentioned, hey, rooming with coaches, that is valuable experience. (laughs) Uh, I know that like it sounds strange a bit, but it is so important because what is it, what are the actual challenges that coaches go through? the daily ins and outs you want you need to know that you need to know as scotty talked about all this uh nil that it's a developing situation educate yourself you know at a certain point as we're sitting at home most of us are not leaving home because of stay in place orders well how are you using that time at the end of this, whenever that may be, it may be August, it may be October, it may be January, who knows? At the end of it, what would you have to show for yourself? If you're going to tell me that, hey, I made level 814 on Dead Red uh, Redemption or some other video game, <laughs> I'm glad that's how you spent your time. Use it learn about Nil learn about compliance but now am I suggesting you you dig into the NCAA manual maybe that's a great place to start I understand it may be like uh, you know, it may not be the most interesting read uh, or the easiest read but it's a great place to start and talk to people talk to the people on uh, in your school ask your compliance director hey You know, do you have a half hour? Can we talk about compliance? Can we talk a little bit about fundraising? Can we talk about dealing with coaches? Use this
2: time-wisely. And I say don't be afraid to reach out to people that you don't know. I would tell you right now, and Meredith, I'm gonna do this, you probably won't like this, but if you're looking to try to get to where Meredith is, you might want to go to the Fresno State website, athletics website, and find her email address and send her an email. My guess is, if she has the time, she will get on the phone and talk to you in more detail about the path that she took and what happened. You know, I think it's, it's unbelievable what she's doing. I think a lot more people need to know about that in our profession, because there's, there's no one direct way to get to the top. You know, there's people that were went through every different side of college athletics to get to the top of, of to be an AD or a commissioner. So there's really no one way to do it, you just gotta weave that way through the things that you're doing. And to to add to Gonzo's point, but uh, it's a little bit different to it, is that work on yourself during this time. You know, if you haven't updated your resume in 10 years, the way that it looks, find a different way to present yourself. Look at examples. Uh, I'm gonna make sure you're doing your work Make sure that you're available for all the times that you be available to do the job that you have. That's number one. But beyond that, whether it's the reading that Gonzo talked about, the reaching out, but also be willing to reach out to people that you don't know. I've tried to call some people in my network um, that I don't talk to as much during this time. You know, uh, you know, just just to say hello, just to see how they're doing. You know, whether it's some old colleagues, some old co-workers. I've been able to be on some great Zoom calls. We had some women's final four, media coordination, uh, reunion, Zoom calls, and, 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 and men's final four, and, you know, I connected with some fraternity brothers from college, you know, just all those different types of things, and people are doing family Zooms, and I get that, and that's all great, but from a professional standpoint, find that time. If you got somebody that you really are, uh, that you really like, and you admire from a distance, make them make that move and send them an email or, or, or give a call and leave a message on their office phone they're probably going to get it they're probably going to get that message and, and find the 15 minutes i think folks will take that time now when they while they do have it and i don't know everybody's very busy um but they if it works out right they just talk to you and share some experiences and give you a couple of tips or two and i think that's what you got to do if you're trying to really look for take this time not only to do your job and do it well but
1: also take this time to work on yourself. Yeah, I agree. Good job, Scotty. It was a good <laughs> last piece.
0: Quick question that came in for, for all three. Just talk about within networking, how important is it for mentoring as well? Obviously, you can call someone, but, you know, if we are updating our resumes or, you know, just calling someone to, you know, see how they are how important is it for you know folks that have been in the industry for a while some veterans to you know also mentor at this time as well because you know kind of like like you guys said this is a good opportunity to make some phone calls and talk to some people
1: yeah absolutely I, I think that if you've got somebody out there and you can call them this is it is a great opportunity but I'd also um, tell you to, to to use the people that are close to you I mean I'm at Fresno State because of of a football strength coach, offensive coordinator, and an external guy, none of two of which I hadn't worked with in over ten years, and they reached out to the AD um, and talked to him, or actually my AD reached out to them, and and so those are long-lasting relationships, and so those people that you had from you know a few years ago and that you worked closely with, reach back out to them. But the people too that you're working with day in and day out, those assistant coaches, those athletic trainers, those compliance people, whoever they are, coaches, use them and talk, keep talking to them because in the end, those are the, going to be the people who can really vouch for your work and can help you get that that next job. And they know who you are and they can vouch for your character as well. So. Yeah,
3: that that's a great point. And you know, we all have had people. And this is how I look at it. We all have had people who have mentored us and who have helped us get to where we are. We understand that this is what it is. So I willingly will help. And that's one of the questions I ask when I meet. How can I help? What can I do with my students, with my GAs, uh, my graduating students now who are concerned about not having jobs because people who want to do this for a living Right now, everything's on hold. If we don't have sports, do we need sports information people? That's a legitimate question that a lot of us are facing. Well, okay, how can I help? What are some of the other pieces that we can do? So as we've all had mentors, and and for me um, was a gentleman named Eric Reicher, who was the SID at Bart Wayne Smith when I was an undergrad. And he eventually wound up getting out of the business but he helped guide me as as did so many other of the Upstate New York SIDs. And I was also fortunate um, that Bernie Caffarelli actually had taught Eric when he was at Notre Dame. (laughs) She was at Notre Dame. So, you know, you can kind of follow that lineage where you have some really great people who have taught people and who have mentored people. And I think it's important for us to continue that um with our gas and our students and our young people in this industry.
0: the last question before we let everyone go, uh you know, what are we um gonna do differently in the future? You know, I think
2: and I don't know where I heard this, but you know, I've heard the conversation and, and it may be a theme that I have for me personally is that in this time, you know, whether it's coaches, whether it's administrators, Uh, whether it's us who under administration is doing this job, you know, finding a way to to maintain a little bit better balance in life and trying to make sure that we're, yes, we got to work hard. And yes, we got to be there seven days a week. Yes, we got to do all the things that we need to do, but you know, maybe stop, maybe, maybe working a little bit smarter and and not necessarily thinking that you got to put in, you know, 14 hour days all the time. How can you figure out a way to work a little bit more efficiency, efficiently? So whether that's, you're going to work out or you're just going home or you're, you, you're taking some time away from yourself. Cause I think, you, I think you're fresher when you just don't wear yourself down. And I know coaches that they're always in the rat race of trying to keep up with the next set of coaches in their league, in their region. And you know they're there six in the morning, they're there eleven at night. But I think I would hope, my hope is, is that all of us in athletics have found out that you know we can work hard, but we also can give ourselves a little bit of a break and not be so hard on ourselves about being there all the time. And and hopefully that makes us a better person each day because we can come in and be a little fresher, we can come in and be a little bit more rested. And um and and hopefully be a better person within the office, whatever that that's your coaching staff, your department staff, the overall department, the overall university, conference office. I think that's to me is something that I want to continue to try to do better going forward and try to encourage people to do that better going forward. All
0: right. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining our uh Session today, and a big thanks to our presenters for their guidance and insight. A reminder that you can find the on demand webinar on cosida.com and cosida connect, our membership portal, later this afternoon. Uh, it also will be in a podcast form as well on cosida's YouTube channel. Uh, we'll have all the links for you on the cosida website as well. Uh, stay tuned for more webinars and professional development sessions in the month of May. Next week on Tuesday, we'll have the June Stewart Leadership Series webinar with leading athletic directors and conference representatives talking about now what. The role of athletic communications as we move forward. Then on Thursday, May 14th, COSIDA President Herb Vincent, the Executive and Executive Director Doug Vance, and others for a discussion and review on the proposed uh, changes to the COSIDA governance system. And tomorrow, uh, we'll be releasing the schedule for our June virtual convention. Thanks to everyone for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.
2: Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Great job. Thanks, guys.